Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Cool Canadian History. I'm your host, David Boris. On today's episode, Season 2, Episode 2, René Lévesque, the father of Quebec separatism. René Lévesque is one of the most important Canadian and Quebec political figures of the post-World War II period. He led Quebec to its first of two referendums and did much to reshape the nature of the modern Canadian state and the meaning of confederation. Before we continue, I just want to remind you, you can always check us out at our website, www.coolcanadianhistory.com. You can check us out on SoundCloud. You can check me out on Twitter, at Doc Boris. That's at D-O-C-B-O-R-Y-S. And we're now on Facebook. Just search Cool Canadian History. And a reminder, if you like what you hear and you want us to continue bringing you these podcasts, there's a little PayPal donation tab at the bottom of our webpage. It's super easy. You just click on it and you can transfer some money to us via a credit card, a bank account, or just cash sitting in your PayPal account. Every donation is extremely helpful in allowing us to continue to bring you this podcast. Though a Quebec political icon, Levesque was actually born in Campbellton, New Brunswick, August 24, 1922, but he was mostly raised in the Gaspé region of Quebec itself. He was the son of Dominic and Diane, and had three siblings, André, Fernand, and Alice. His father, sadly, passed away when René was only 14. René, like many Quebecois of his generation, was schooled by the Catholic Church. He attended both elementary and secondary school at Jesuit-taught institutions, and after graduating from secondary school, he studied law at Laval University in Quebec City. While at Laval, he worked as an announcer and a news writer for several Quebec radio programs. Now, when the Second World War broke out in 1939, Levesque, like many of those his age, felt the draw to serve in the fight. Levesque certainly recognized the evil of Nazism, but was, like many in Quebec, strongly against any notion of conscription. He very much wanted to do his part in the war, however, but he wanted to do it with a microphone, not a gun. He tried desperately to get his connections at radio to get him into the Canadian Army as a war correspondent, but to no avail. Interestingly, it was the U.S. Army that was actually in desperate need of bilingual information agents. Essentially, these were radio personalities who transmitted radio programs to occupied Europe. Thus, Levesque took the dollar from Uncle Sam and headed overseas as part of the U.S. military. 
He was attached to the French section of The Voice of America. This was a program of the American broadcasting station that was transmitted into occupied France. He was actually reporting in London while it was under regular bombing attacks by the German Luftwaffe. He then went overseas and became embedded with Allied troops as an actual on-the-ground war correspondent. He was with Allied soldiers as they liberated Northwest Europe. He was with some of the first American units that liberated Dachau concentration camp. And, if you listen to episode 1 of season 2, he was with American units who relieved the siege of Castle Eter, which is probably the strangest tale of the Second World War. His experience during World War II as a war correspondent got him a job with the CBC after the war ended. Here, he worked as the French-language correspondent in the international section. In 1947, René married his first wife, Louise, whom he had two sons and a daughter with. When Canada entered the Korean War in 1950, René once again found himself in theater, this time finally working for the Canadian military as the CBC's French-language Korean War correspondent. By the end of the Korean War, Levesque was a fairly well-established voice in Quebec radio, but he became very well-known in the late 1950s as the host for the weekly radio program Pointe des Mille. In fact, it was from this platform that he was able to both report and critique the failing administration of long-standing Quebec Premier Maurice Duplessis. Uh, Maurice Duplessis was particularly heavy-handed with organized labor in the province, something that Levesque challenged him on frequently. Levesque himself became involved in organized labor during the 68-day broadcaster's strike in 1959. He was actually arrested during a demonstration in this period. By this point, Levesque's interest in politics went beyond just commentating on it on the radio. He actually joined the Provincial Liberal Party under Jean Lesage as a star candidate. In the 1960 provincial election, Levesque won his riding of Montreal-Laurier. This was the first time Levesque had ever ran for office. During his time under Lesage and in the Liberal Party, he served as Minister of Natural Resources, Minister of Family Welfare, and perhaps most famously, Minister of Hydroelectric Resources and Public Works. It was in this position that he guided the province through the controversial nationalization of Quebec's hydroelectric companies. This was a process that saw the forced purchase and merger of a number of private hydroelectric trusts that had dominated Quebec for decades. These private hydroelectric trusts were mostly owned by English-speaking businessmen, many of them from the U.S. The government of Quebec basically purchased all these and merged them to one large publicly owned company known as Hydro-Quebec. Hydro-Quebec was thus the largest hydroelectric company in the world at that time. Very much Levesque was a key player, not only within the Liberal Party, but in the broader changes occurring in Quebec during the 1960s. This is a period known as the Quiet Revolution. Though a future episode will be done on this important Quebec event, it is worth noting here that the Quiet Revolution defines a period of dramatic social, economic, and political change that rapidly modernized and reformed Quebec. With the success of the Quiet Revolution and the growing economic power of the province of Quebec, Levesque began to believe that further progress for the province lay outside the realm of Canadian Confederation. For Quebec to continue to develop and grow, it needed to be its own autonomous country. 
1966 gave Levesque a chance to propose this idea to the Liberal Party. In 1966, the Liberals were defeated at the polls, but Levesque was one of the few politicians to keep his seat. At the very next party conference, Levesque proposed separation to become part of the Liberal platform. His motion was defeated, and Levesque walked out on the Liberal Party. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He then went on to establish the Sovereignty Movement Association, whose ultimate goal was Quebec sovereignty. Levesque, however, denounced any sort of direct aggressive action, either through violence or political disobedience. Instead, Levesque sought to appeal to whom he called the normal people, basically educating the public and achieving sovereignty through a legal political process. In 1968, Levesque's association merged with several other separatist associations to form the separatist political party known as the Parti Québécois. Levesque was made their leader. This, in fact, coincided with the federal election in that same year. This federal election saw the rise of another Quebec son to the leadership of the entire country, a man named Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Thus, the Prime Minister of Canada was also a Quebecois, though he was a Federalist who sought to keep Quebec in Confederation. Two sons of Quebec would now battle for the future of their home province. Though the Parti Québécois struggled at first to gain seats, Levesque was able to capitalize on a few key mistakes by other parties. The first was Pierre Trudeau's heavy-handedness during an event known as the October Crisis. He basically declared martial law in the province of Quebec in October of 1970. This will be the focus of a future episode. But perhaps more importantly, Levesque capitalized on the Quebec Provincial Liberal Party's mismanagement of the province's finances. As the 1970s wore on, the PQ slowly gained popularity, and in 1976, this growing popularity resulted in the Parti Québécois' first provincial victory. Incredibly, only eight years after its formation as a party, the PQ was now in power in Quebec. For the rest of Canada, this was the sign of the apocalypse. It seemed to many that Quebec's separation was now a foregone conclusion. But it should be noted here that Levesque promised only to hold a referendum on separatism were his party elected, not outright separate. In 1980, this referendum was held. 86% of the province came out to vote, and 60% of those voters elected to remain in Canada. Levesque's first term as premier also saw his government pass the infamous Bill 101, This was a bill designed to make the French language the, and I quote here, the normal and everyday language of work, instruction, communication, commerce, and business, end quote. To many in the PQ, and to many Quebecois generally, uh, language was a key issue. You see, 80% of the province spoke French, yet English was the language of business and was the preferred language for the growing immigrant community within the province. To many Quebecois, this English language dominance threatened the very future of the Quebecois people and their culture. 
Bill 101 was thus the first major step to ensure not only the language's survival, but its dominance over the English language. Levesque's popularity continued to rise, and in 1981 his party won a second election with an even larger majority. It was during this second term of Levesque's that Pierre Trudeau repatriated the Canadian Constitution. This was a process done without Quebec's approval. This was also something that seriously angered Levesque, but it also hurt his own standing within the party as many of the younger and more radical separatists felt Levesque had let himself be duped by Trudeau. At the same time that Quebec refused to sign off on Canada's new constitution, the province and the country as a whole was suffering from a serious recession. By the time the 1985 provincial election loomed close, Levesque argued that the party should stay away from the separation rhetoric for this election. Instead, Levesque argued that the party should focus on pulling Quebec out of the recession and working with the newly elected Quebec-born Conservative Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Levesque hoped that by working with Mulroney, they could finally get Quebec's approval on Canada's constitution. This beau risque, as it has since been known, completely backfired. It seriously damaged party unity. Some of the members, former friends of Levesque, resigned from the PQ, and Levesque himself was eventually forced to resign as leader of the party. At the next provincial election, in December of 1985, the Parti Québécois were soundly defeated. A habitual chain smoker, Levesque was hosting a dinner party in November 1987 when he complained of chest pains. He was brought to the hospital where he died that very evening. A hundred thousand people attended his funeral. While his coffin was carried through the crowd to the church, the crowd spontaneously erupted into the song Jean de Pays. This was the unofficial Quebec anthem. While singing it, they replaced the opening line with Mon cher René. Levesque was one of the great figures of Quebec separatism, and his work during the Quiet Revolution and as leader of the Parti Québécois makes him one of the most important Canadian figures of the second half of the 20th century. Even after his death, he was important to the sovereignty movement. Levesque was very much seen as a martyr for Quebec separatism, and his death spiritually galvanized many in Quebec. The sovereignty movement would thus go on even stronger than before. A reminder to check us out on our website, www.coolcanadianhistory.com, on SoundCloud, on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter, at DocBoris. That's at D-O-C-B-O-R-Y-S. I want to thank you for listening. For Cool Canadian History, I'm David Boris. Take care.